yeah, but what do you think about following him and all, you know, what does that look like in this neighborhood? He's like, man, yeah, I think we can believe in him, but we can't, you can't follow him and live here. I was like, weird. So you think if Jesus came back, he'd be in the hood with you, but to actually follow him, like you couldn't do that. So for these young men, all they had seen were white people drive in, tell them about Jesus and then drive back out. Let's begin. Blank paper and pen. Stories to tell. Battles to win. Deep breath and count to ten. Let's begin. Let's begin. Let's begin. Let's begin. Let's begin. What up, folks? This is Leroy Barber with the Sit Up Podcast, and we are grateful and thankful for you following along this journey. I, as you know, you can hit us up on Facebook at Sit Up Podcast. You can shoot questions or comments or thoughts or ideas for shows to, to me at Leroy Barber on my Instagram, on uh, my Twitter, or on my Facebook, all at Leroy Barber. And shout out to Amina and Matt. Uh, Amina Brown and Matt Owen are uh, the producers of our background music through their EP Soul Graffiti. And always love shouting them out. And also our producer, Andrew Morgan. What do you think about church planting? What what, What does that mean to you? I know for so many people, church planting, when they hear it, is a turnoff. And you see it through this missionary lens. Uh, A lot of people put the word colonization in. A lot of people are upset at church planting that is aligned with gentrification currently. I know it brings up a lot. But what does planting in community mean? look like can you do it with a little more depth how can church planting be done differently can you do this differently right are there other ways to go about this that take out some of the stigma of it what about church planting in relation to a neighborhood what neighborhood connections can be made How do you engage a neighborhood in this process? Is that possible? What about partnerships? Can any partnerships emerge? How do you form partnerships that that help focus a church plant? Is that possible? How how does that work? Who are those partners? Who, who, Who would ask for a church plant? And what communities and neighborhoods? Then there is the question of funding. How are these things funded? Who gets funded? How much do they get funded? What if you don't have funds? Can you still church plant? Right? Those are questions as well about this. And then there's probably some basic how-tos. How do I go about this? Who do I talk to? Are there, like... Like, who are the gurus of this thing, right? Like, what, 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 how do you go about this thing in general? Then there's a question, 
Do you join God and what God is doing in a community or do you drop in a plant? Right now, think about that, because depending on your answer to that question will shape how your faith community or church plant comes up. Right. Either you're trying to figure out what God is already doing or you're going to drop something in to bring God that results in some different work. Before we get to, I guess I want to give a shout out to the voices conference that's headed our way in Philly uh, on May 4th and 5th. We will talk more about this later, but I want you to put that on your schedules and on your calendars. If you're going to be around Philly, uh, please check out the Voices Conference. It's one of our partners, uh, as well as with the United Methodist Methodist Church in the Greater Northwest. So May 4th and 5th, Philly, the Voices Conference. Our guests today are Daryl and Stephanie Answer. I, I love this couple. I love what they're doing and how they go about their work. And I think you will too. This is Leroy Barber with the Sit Up Podcast. Let's begin. Listen, and let's be clear. You only get one chance, one opportunity, one request to appear, one moment to consider what you might hold dear, a few seconds to digest what might be coming near, a quick check of which direction you may want to steer. Maybe God is pro-choice. He gave each of us a will, a mind, a voice, and whether we will make statements, speak truth, or add to the noise is up to us to take the dust we've been given, to treat our seconds like cents and watch how we spend them, to use our words like olive branches in the mouths of birds and watch where we send them, take the negative thoughts we were taught, take our wounded souls and hearts and let God mend them. Let's begin, blank paper and pen, stories to tell, battles to win. Deep breath and count to 10. Let's begin. Let's begin. Let's begin. Let's begin. Let's begin. Leroy Barber with Sit Up Podcast. And we are with our guests today, Stephanie and Daryl Answer. And uh, they are two leaders I've met a long time ago. And uh, I am, I'm, I'm really happy that uh, we get a chance to talk to y'all. Uh, they are uh, planning a church. They have planted a church um, in Kansas City. And we're here in Kansas City uh, kicking it with them. So uh, I want y'all to introduce yourselves, how, however you feel comfortable introducing yourself. Okay, uh, glad to be here. Uh, my name is Daryl Answer, uh, originally from the UK. Uh, moved to the States in 2005. Uh, moved to Kansas City area in 2010. And I've been here doing um, urban ministry. Uh, and Stephanie and I have um, been married eight years almost. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, as Leroy said, um, are in the process or early stages of planting new community church. And I'm Stephanie Answer, and happy to be here today, too. Um, I grew up in Blue Springs, which is a suburb just outside of Kansas City, so I've been in the area most of my life, um, but was able to get connected to urban ministry. Um, well, we were just calculating, I don't know, about 15 years ago or so, and then... Um, when Daryl and I got married, just knew that our life will be in the city um, doing ministry together. Um, so just enjoying that. And we have two amazing kids, a daughter, Jaden, who's four, and our son, Kian, is two. So the reason uh, that uh, I, I'm excited about this interview is, uh, so church planning, you know, denominations have done this for a long time. And 
they take people through kind of these pretty strict processes. And, uh, and in this age and time of gentrification, um, we're actually uh, seeing church plants be a part of gentrification, right? Yeah. And, uh, and so what y'all are doing is unique. And I, 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 I like this story to get out there. So tell us, tell us why you planted a church uh, and why in the neighborhood that you planted it in. Oh, uh, phew, wow. Uh, so I, I, we would have to go back a ways um, before church plan was ever um, a consideration for us. We were working with youth. Mm-hmm. Uh, most of the, and it's the same ministry where Stephanie and I met, and we were working with um, youth. Many of them come from the housing projects. And I had just moved to Kansas City, fresh out of Bible college, and I, I wanted to give these kids all my training, you know what I'm saying? I'm like, so we go through the life of Christ, right? So you imagine um, probably 20 teenagers from the neighborhood um, were gathered. At the same time, I was also trying to develop our leaders. So I was like trying to train our leaders to do the teaching. We break up and discuss guys and girls. And one night we got to... um, uh, the conversation, we kind of got four or five weeks in and I was with a group of the boys um, and it was just a beautiful space, right? If you can imagine like, you know, all the um, negative stereotypes of our young black men, you know, right now I've got Nipsey Hussle's face um, as we just lost him yesterday. Um, but these young, brilliant African-American men sitting, tied up, yeah, they've made some poor choices, but we got the Bible open. And we're talking about Jesus' life. And I'm like, hey, Jesus can relate to where you'll come from, right? So we're, we're talking about where Jesus grew up. And one of the young men who actually became a part of our ministry, um, eventually we baptized him a couple years ago. Uh, he uh, He's like, man, yeah, if Jesus came back today, he'd be in the hood with us. And I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm like, but like, yeah, but what do you think about following him and all, you know, what does that look like in this neighborhood? He's like, man, yeah, I think we can believe in him, but we can't, you can't follow him and live here. I was like, weird. So you think if Jesus came back, he'd be in the hood with you, but to actually follow him, like you couldn't do that. So as we unpacked it, it was kind of really exactly what you talked about, this gentrification or this idea of outsiders coming in um, sharing whatever it be a meal or giving out pizza or doing events or whatever the case may be and when it gets dark they leave so for these young men all they had seen or in their minds especially white Christianity um, what they had seen were white people drive in tell them about Jesus and then drive back out and then I had Stephanie and I at the time we would I mean, we probably weren't even dating at the time but we were just like this is crazy that we got these kids who Um, believe but they also don't understand the power uh, the power the authority that they have right someone else on the outside has it um, but they don't have it themselves so it just had Stephanie and I like just really talking and and thinking about like I'm praying like what would it look like for us you know because we were serious we weren't dating but then eventually after that started dating and got married by a year after that like what would it look like for us to just live in a neighborhood Mm -hmm and see what Jesus does. Just join what Jesus is doing, make disciples. Well, first of all, be disciples, make disciples, and then kind of get out the way. Mm -hmm. Um, So 
we um, your second part of your question, what made us move to the neighborhood we were in? This is crazy. Is the neighborhood we were working with those youth in is not the same neighborhood we live in now. Mm-hmm. So um, we were looking at moving into that neighborhood. Stephanie, like she had said, 15 or 10 years or so of being involved in with families. So deep relationships in that community. 10 years in with families. Um, but then we started a leadership residency at a church. because We didn't know. I didn't know anything about church planning. Mm-hmm. Had no idea. We had just found CCDA at this point as well. So we went to the first immersion in 2011. Yeah. Same year we got married. Went to immersion. And we're just like, oh my gosh, we found our people. But then we go back to Kansas City, get asked to do a residency at a church, which was an all-white church, all-white congregation. Um, and that's just, we just were there for two years. The pastor of the church encouraged us not to move into that neighborhood, but to stay close to where they were at so that we can invest in their community. While we were doing all of that, I was... Um, well, Stephanie, Stephanie had been a part of an African-American church in the community that we live in now. She was a part of the 20-somethings ministry in her 20s. Right. <laughs> Back then. Back in the 20s. So, um, so we have a huge respect for African-American church in our neighborhood. So we started, once we got done with the residency, um, we started hearing more and more about the Ivanhoe neighborhood which is a neighborhood that's split straight through the middle by 71 Highway. Um, used to have a population of about 12,000, 13,000. Now it's about 6,000 um, due to all the typical, you know, um, inner sea um, challenges that take place and injustices. So um, we kept hearing about Ivanhoe. And then we end up meeting the leadership of the Neighborhood Association. We needed a place to live. <laughs> um, we had no money to uh, get a place to live. We couldn't afford to buy a house. So the president of the Neighborhood Association connected us with Habitat for Humanity and got us a boarded up Habitat house for like, it was like, uh, it was a few thousand dollars. You know what I'm saying? No front door on the thing, boarded (laughs) up windows. Um, And through a partnership we had with a friend who had some more resources, we were able to move in. Um, But one of the things we loved about the neighborhood was the hospitality of the leadership. Mm -hmm. Um, The though the neighborhood we moved into, I think, had more significant challenges than the neighborhood we were with with the youth. Because that neighborhood is gentrified now. It's so close to downtown, the city, and and young white families have moved in and gentrified it. Our our community is not that way at all. Um, so um, the, the the community um, was welcoming. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, our finances were just like everybody else's. So it was at the whole time we've lived in the neighborhood, the community has taken care of us. Wow. So, 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 I mean, you just listed off a lot of things that I think people, people miss. Um, one, uh, you saw a connection point with uh, a, an African-American church. Mm-hmm. You listed that you're, you you fell in love with this neighborhood that had been divided by a highway, mm-hmm. right? Which we know is a historical injustice, right? You yeah. partnered with Habitat. Um, you, you know, you got to be a neighbor. You moved into a place. You didn't have a lot of resource and funding, but you still followed this call to plant mm-hmm. a church, right? Yeah. That's that's fascinating. People don't. Mm-hmm. People don't realize, right, that there are young leaders, young folks out here who have connected with communities and neighborhoods and people, right? Mm-hmm. You said yeah. you said 
these young men could see the liberating the liberating parts of Jesus, yeah. but didn't see it active, yes. right? And in a way, you 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 brought that active piece of liberating mm -hmm. Jesus to mm -hmm. to this community. Like yeah. what like you y'all I don't know if y'all were able able to tease that out of your lives, but that like in this quick introduction you just gave, like all of that is there mm -hmm. uh, to help to engage you into a community. Yeah. And so what was starting the church like? What what, what did that look like? Uh, so we I mean, I am uh, I'm an introvert. Uh, I am a reluctant and Leroy, you probably saw this from our cohort times. Um, didn't speak much, especially when I'm surrounded by powerful, you know, extroverted leaders. Mm -hmm. So I kind of sit and soak it all in, you know. Um, so when we moved in. Um, we joined what was already going on in the community. So we both joined the family committee of our neighborhood association. Eventually I was nominated to be on the board. Someone in the community nominated me because they said, you are so community minded. We want you to be on the board mm -hmm. to represent mm -hmm. us. Mm -hmm. I thought that was kind of cool. I'm like, man, I'm not even from this country. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> so I was honored and humbled to be nominated by the community to represent the community on the board. Um, so we just joined in, but what we also did while we were um, involved in our neighborhood association, um, I'll let Stephanie speak to this. There were also some gaps mm -hmm. um, that we felt like our gifts could step into. Mm -hmm. um, one of those was um, a sense of uh, community. So we're in a neighborhood, divided highway, um, you know, all of like all of the challenges, but still beautiful, amazing people that needed to be connected. Mm -hmm. So what we started doing, I think the first time we did this, we just borrowed a grill from, we didn't even have a grill. We borrowed a grill right. <laughs> um, and just rolled up to our park and just sat out there all day one all day, day and just started grilling <laughs> hamburgers and hot dogs. And anyone who came through, we just ate mm -hmm. and just talked. Mm -hmm. um, from that, um, one of our neighbors in the community was like, hey, you guys have been talking about this for about a year now. I think we should start doing dinners. And he's like, I'll host the first one. So we did this this, this dinner and our door was like three months old at the time. So it was like four, five years ago. Um, we uh, did this dinner um, at home. Everyone just brought what they had. Mm -hmm. um, and literally wherever you go, even if wherever it is, half a bag of cookies, chips, <laughs> right. wherever you bring it, we can break bread. Mm -hmm. So that's what we did. We started doing this and this started to grow. Mm -hmm. um, it grew to the point where after... A while, we did it in our home, and we grew to about 30 people. We had to send all the kids outside because the house couldn't fit that many people. Then our neighborhood association allowed us to use their space. Um, so then we continued to grow these monthly meals with our neighbors. Um, then we started to notice that we had entrepreneurs in the community. We had folks that had side hustles. So we're like, man, we need to showcase these things. Mm -hmm. So we started organizing, and we called it the Kansas City Eastside Residence Showcase. And we had the whole um, outside, the perimeter of the um, building, of the room, was all the entrepreneurs got to showcase their merchandise, whatever they would do, whatever their side hustle was. And then we had anyone with a talent, you, you, you would, if you sang, rapped, whatever the case may be, you could perform. And then, um, we had a big and we had a big dinner. Mm -hmm. We we ate, um, and and even hired someone from the neighborhood to to grill all the food, someone who had a little barbecue business, like hired them. So we did that two years in a row and like 
packed the building. Mm -hmm. So that's the first thing we did as a race, the church plant. We were just like, okay, we're just going to be deeply embedded in the neighborhood. Mm -hmm. um, so being deeply rooted in our neighborhood is one of our values as a church. But that's something that Stephanie and I deeply value. Mm -hmm. And I let Stephanie speak more about the play groups is another thing that we um, helped start. Yeah, I think, um, you know, I think when we moved into the neighborhood, we, we at that point then knew like we would love to start this church um, made up of our neighbors but we don't know our neighbors yet so it was kind of always out there but we wanted to do it with people um and that takes time um and we knew we we had met some amazing believers like we knew it's not like there's no christians here which right. are things people ask us and we're like no <laughs> there are lots of believers here there's amazing churches like there are lots of good things going on, um, but we were new to the neighborhood, so we wanted to give time, um, and we trusted that God would, would make those connections and that we would be able to build this church together with our neighbors as we got to know them. So the dinners were huge, and just allowing people to to meet, to connect, and, and regardless if people show up to the church on a Sunday or not, like just the community and the relationships that we were able to build um, benefits the community um, regardless. Um, I think another gap we noticed was, um, like Daryl said, at that point, you know, our daughter was about five months old. Um, we have another friend. I had actually met her as a teenager in the first ministry I was a part of, and and but we're pretty close in age, and so they still live nearby. They're part of our church um, now, but um, she had little babies as well, and we were trying to find, like, a play group or, you know, like, we're moms at home with our kids, like, <laughs> where can we go? Where can we meet other moms? Um, she had been driving out south to this mom's group. I was driving up north, and we're like, there's got to be something, <laughs> like, that's not 20 minutes away, and my friend was like, well, why don't we start something? And I was like, oh, that's a great idea. Um, and so we went to the YMCA um, this down the street to see if they had a group that we didn't know about. Um, and they didn't, but they were working with um, a parent education group, a nonprofit. Um, and the executive director of that organization had just reached out to the Y about starting a play group. So the uh, Stephanie Smith, who was the director of the Y, who we had known, she connected us, me and my friend, with the executive director of um, this parents' education group. And so we just all met and we're like, hey, we all want to start a group. Like, let's do this together. And so we started a play group in the neighborhood at the Linwood YMCA um, with Start at Zero, which has now grown to be an amazing organization that supports families and parents. Um, and so through that play group, it was free. That was the other thing, like all these groups you had to, we had to pay. And so this group is free. It's families from the community. And so, you know, to get things started, like you need a critical mass. <laughs> and and so like my friend and I were able to be there consistently. The director like allowed us to help shape, you know, we sh she's like, what do you want this to look like? And so the families from the community have shaped what these play groups are like. Um, and they've just grown. And so we've met so many people through that and and so now by default kind of like at church on our sunday a lot of our families were those relationships that we've made through the play group um and now those play groups have multiplied they have three or four um so we just see how we've been able to be a part of starting those community spaces where like transforming relationships can happen and and those families have blessed our family um 
like we've that's really who our life like is intertwined with um are these relationships that we've made so it sounds like it sounds like church for whatever (laughs) you want to you know want to say or call it like isn't just happening on sunday mornings for y'all right like it seems like this is just a part of your life and that you're 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 kind of just living in your community following mm-hmm. Jesus and connecting wherever wherever it happens and then that that flows yeah. out some people might come on Sundays right. but um, that's that that is a different way to to, to plant a church right. Place, <laughs> yeah right? so yeah. yeah I mean one of the things that we say or what I say is I want Sunday to be a reflection of what's happened in the week mm-hmm. so that's why we have a good news time mm-hmm. to help our people see like this ain't just a Sunday morning thing mm-hmm. uh, and it's for, for folks who just have church you know like it's real hard to break that mm-hmm. um, but I, you know every time I have a God moment in the week mm-hmm. like even if it's a neighbor who's like two three years ago didn't want to have nothing to do with Jesus and all of a sudden walks up to me and says hey pray for me mm-hmm. I'm gonna share that on Sunday and say look God is doing something in the week right. It, right. more than just our time frame here you know um so yeah definitely i think we um really try to engage in our neighborhood like i i had to i think at one point i was on four boards in the community um kind of pastoring in you know within the nonprofit sector um and th- before we even started gathering people in the home um, so um, it's just been interesting how we've gone about how we've seen the church grow is through our involvement in nonprofits and communities, sitting on front porches, um, being blessed by those individuals, and then inviting people into discipleship. So going back to that young man, like you can't follow Jesus and live here, which I just love the fact that eventually he was able to be a part of our ministry and and lived in our neighborhood for a few years and got to pray a walk with us. Mm-hmm. We baptized him. So now he sees what it looks like. Um, so, Well, that's really cool. So so from, from kind of just moving in, being a neighbor, to, uh, to you know, mixing it up with, with relationships, <laughs> to getting involved in the civic associations, mm-hmm. uh, raising your family, uh, that that has all led to um, to to New Community Church, and uh, and uh, you know I had a chance to go there and and uh, seeing the span of ages from you know <laughs> bunch of kids right. to yeah. to older folks gathered, seeing the cross cultural aspect of your yeah. church, right? Um, there are massive church plants who spend millions of dollars who can't create the cross cultural. Uh, like atmosphere that you have created and uh, uh, that the secret um, (laughs) seems to be getting to know people and that uh, when you get to know people 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 want to be together in community and you create something that that millions of dollars can't create so (laughs) thank you for being on and thank you for your work Uh, and how can people get in touch with y'all if they want to if they want to check y'all out yeah, so our website, uh, new community, or www.newcommunitykc.church. Um, and then you can look us up on Facebook. My name is Daryl Answer, um, Stephanie Answer. Um, but yeah, the church website would be the best way um, to see what we're about. Cool, cool. Well, thank you all for being on. Thank yeah, you. Thank this you. is Leroy Barber with the Sit Up Podcast. Thank you all for following along. Thank you.
Let's begin. Let's begin. Let's begin. Let's begin. Let's begin. Let's begin. 